Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the angel of the Lord, the Son of God, appeared to Gideon and called him a mighty man of valor. But Gideon did not appear to be very powerful at all. He was hiding from the Midianites who were oppressing the children of Israel. These Midianites would come up like locusts on the land to destroy Israel's crops and kill or take their animals. And as a result, many of the Israelites were forced to make dens and strongholds for themselves in the mountains and in caves. What little wheat Gideon was able to gather, he was forced to thresh in secret in a wine press. Now, on top of all that, his clan was the weakest in Manasseh, and he himself was least in his father's house. And so we can understand Gideon's response. When the angel of the Lord greets him, saying, the Lord is with you, Gideon says to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. Now, there are certainly times today when God's people of Israel, the church, feel like Gideon, right? Perhaps there have been moments in these darkening days of Advent when you yourself have asked questions similar to that. If God is with us, if he really is Emmanuel, why is the church struggling or mistreated or ignored? If God is with me, then why are things such a mess? Why do I feel alone? Why am I sick and suffering? Where is this power of God that we hear about in the Bible? Like Gideon, we too sometimes may feel forsaken. And yet we also know deep down that the messes that we experience here in this world are sometimes of our own making. That's how it was in Gideon's day. The reason that God allowed Israel to be overrun by the Midianites is because the Israelites had done evil in his sight. And this happens over and over again in the book of Judges. The Israelites forsake the Lord and, and run after other gods that they think will give them more of what they want. God's anger is roused against his rebellious people and he allows their enemies to overtake them. And then... In their distress, they cry out to the Lord for help. The Lord raises up a judge or a deliverer to rescue them from the power of their enemies. Then the land has rest. Everything goes well for a period of time. But then the judge dies. The people become spiritually complacent or apathetic, and they forsake the Lord again, and the whole process starts over. That's also a warning for us today. Because when everything is going well, we too tend to be tempted to become complacent in our faith, forgetting the Lord or maybe even forsaking him for the things of this world. And so it shouldn't surprise us then if the Lord, as judgment against sin, allows hardship to come upon us 
that we might be brought to see what we have done. But this is also for our comfort. The Lord is doing this as he does all things for our good. He is seeking to work penitence in our hearts so that in faith we might call upon his name again and with greater fervency. He chastens us like a son whom he dearly loves. With the law, he turns us away from our idols. And then, by the gospel, he draws us back and restores us to himself. And through Christ, our deliverer, we have rest once more. You see, as we look at Gideon, we see that Gideon was a picture of Jesus. He was the one chosen by God to deliver Israel in that day and bring them rest again. Even though he was weakest and least, he was the Lord's man for the job. And that's a consistent theme even to the end of the Gideon narrative. Instead of defeating the Midianites with some massive army, the Lord insists that Gideon reduce his army from 32,000 to only 300 men. And this was so that the victory would not be won by human strength so they could boast in themselves and what great things they did, but solely by the wisdom and strength of the Lord. And the power of God being hidden beneath seeming powerlessness points us to fulfillment in Jesus. Gideon is a living prophecy of the victory over sin, death, and the devil, which the Lord brings to us at Christmas. It's the, way that, it's the way of God, really, that the first shall be last, uh, that the humble shall be exalted, and the last shall be first. Jesus is the embodiment of this. He is the mighty and the eternal Son of God, and yet he doesn't appear to be so. He was laid in a cattle trough for a crib. His birth took place almost secretly. He appeared to be nothing more than just a poor peasant boy. He was born in Bethlehem, which the Bible tells us is little among the clans of Judah. And when, as an infant, his life was threatened by Herod, he was hidden away in Egypt for a time. Yes, Jesus, our mighty man of valor, appeared to be vulnerable and helpless, not only in his birth, but also in his death. Nevertheless, he brought about the fulfillment of his own words, which, which he had spoken to Gideon. I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Gideon and his mere 300 would defeat the countless Midianites as one man because the Lord is with them. The Lord Jesus defeats all of our enemies quite literally as one man. By his incarnation, he has taken our humanity into himself. And by his death and his resurrection, he has destroyed sin, death, and the devil once and for all. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. We hear that in Romans 5, verse 19. Jesus is an army of one. 
the only one who can deliver us from our enemies. The one man, Jesus, defeated our powerful enemies through weakness because he is Lord in the flesh. Out of lowly Bethlehem came the one to be ruler and deliverer of Israel. The Midianites, in their confusion, would end up turning on and killing one another in their camp. And in the same way, Jesus turned death and Satan against themselves on the cross, delivering us forever from their power and from the sin that oppresses us. The one man, Jesus, assumed the humanity of all people in his conception and birth. And so this one man's victory also counts for all people in his death and his resurrection. The name Gideon means one who breaks or cuts down. And so we think about that as Jesus, as our Gideon, that he has broken and cut down all false gods and the devil himself by the wood of the manger and the wood of the cross. The angel of the Lord first appeared to Gideon when he was threshing out wheat for bread in a wine press. And he departed from his sight after Gideon offered up bread and meat on the rock. And all of this seems to point us to the sacrament of the altar, where the Lord fulfills his promise to be with us in the flesh, where his body and blood offered up on the rock of Golgotha are given to us under bread and wine. Though Jesus has departed from our sight, he's still most certainly present with us as true man in our need, so that we may also share with him in his divine glory. And so we say with Mary, as she says in her Magnificat, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And finally, when the angel of the Lord departed from Gideon, he perceived fully that he had seen and been in the very presence of God. Gideon thought he would die for having seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But Gideon is given a word of peace. And in the very same way, you and I are given peace. We are given an invitation to come into the Lord's presence without fear through faith in Christ Jesus. By his true humanity, we are saved from judgment and we are reconciled to God. And the Son of God also comforts us by saying, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. For the Lord Jesus is both the mighty God and our Prince of Peace. And so then, brothers and sisters in Christ, let us then during this Advent season look to Jesus as our Gideon, whose might is hidden in lowliness. And let us with penitent hearts hope in him who is born to be our eternal deliverer and savior. Amen.